Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And <clears throat> good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hanson here with the big fella, former Milwaukee Bucks center, Paul Mokeski, coming to you on a uh, Monday evening. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, Mo, it was a great weekend in the state of Michigan. If you're a University of Michigan fan, they beat their arch rival, uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I think people are still partying uh, behind that. Uh, but, man, other than that, it, it, it's been tough around here. Um, that's their last That's their last game, right, for the season? And yeah, then yeah. They'll be, so what, they'll be two or three. They're in the playoffs, right? Right. That's good. And that, and that, for all practical purposes, knocks Ohio State out of the playoffs. <clears throat> yeah. And two really good teams, really good game. It, it, it was a and it's it's a, a, a tremendous rivalry, uh, for sure, uh, for for college football. Uh, but Mo, I mean, man, we were all excited about the uh, Wolverines over the weekend. But uh, our basketball team here, the Detroit Pistons, are about to lose their 14th consecutive game tonight. They're trailing the Washington Bullets. Uh, Washington Wizards? Yeah, yeah, Washington Wizards. You can't say Bullets anymore. Yeah, Yeah. and they probably couldn't beat the old Bullets, as old as some of those players would be now. (laughs) But, Mo, it's a couple of things I want to get into you tonight about not just, you know, making baskets, making threes, not turning over, just the mental aspect of uh, basketball. And it really applies to all levels, but especially so at the professional level. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Marcus Smart going in on his teammates from the Memphis Grizzlies. But let, let's start in Detroit. You, you got a team, a lot of good young players there. They got a lot of injuries for sure. Got a new coach, Monty Williams. And uh, I, I watch him every time they play. And the effort is good. It's just not good enough. Yeah, I mean, um, the NBA is a long season now. I mean, they're they're 15, 20 games in. They've got 60-plus games to play. Think about that. So think about how that weighs on your on your head. Uh, as a player, uh, you know, you just keep playing and doing your best and hustling. That's good. Play hard, uh, you know, and, and hope for the best. As a coach and coaching staff, you know, you're looking at, you you know, this is going to be the whole season. This is going to be our life for the next seven months. And uh, it's very difficult emotionally. And you got to really have a strong coaching staff. You know, Monty Williams is an experienced coach, head coach. Uh, but, you know, that's, you know, when I was with the Dallas Mavericks and, uh, you know, traveling a lot and scouting a lot, and, uh, you know, I was out with, uh, with uh, 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 scouts on the road all the time and we, kind of kept an eye on each other because it's a tough job and uh you know it's, it's physically draining and emotionally and sometimes you need to get get picked up by uh you know someone you know by your by your uh, somebody that your friend same with coaching in the in the nba you know you got to pick yourself up and make sure you're getting rest and not too depressed and and just think so you, you know you're, you're really struggling what are they two and 14 or whatever they are yeah, two and fourteen, 
you get, you know, you got guys hurt, so they'll eventually come back. But you know, in the long run, you're just not good enough to really compete at this time. So you have to go into the video session today and be upbeat. You have to go into the practice session and be upbeat. You have to get on the airplane and go fly to a game and be upbeat. You have to be in the locker room before the game and be upbeat. You have to be on the bench during the game and be upbeat. That wears on you. <laughs> yeah. 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 And absolutely. And you're right. You know, you got 60 more games to go, man. <laughs> yeah, you're just starting. And, it's a uh, lot. You, know, you got to get your, your, your injured players back up. You know, they got three or four, two or three key players hurt and out. You got to get them back and you got to keep focusing on that and, and getting them ready. And then you got to keep the current players playing hard with focus. And that's what your goal is. And if they're doing that, then you're doing your job. Doesn't mean you're going to save your job. You might get fired, but at least they're playing hard and playing together and playing for a purpose. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, you know, you talk about the turnovers they have, but they're a young team. They're playing in the NBA. They're going to turn the ball over. That's just a given. You got to try to limit those. You got to, you got to take more, a lot more good shots than bad shots because bad shots turn into like almost as bad as a turnover. Uh, and then you got to keep playing hard. That's all you get. That's what you got to focus on. And, and, and you talk about shot selection and I, it, is is that a missing part of today's game, just generally speaking? Yeah, there's more there's more bad shots taken at every level of the game than I've ever seen. Now, you know, you expect it in high school a little bit, in college a little bit, but in college, I mean, there's people, you know, guys that shouldn't be shooting threes, shooting threes, guys hitting the side of the backboard, guys shooting air balls. If you can't hit the hit the rim, then you shouldn't be shooting the ball. Uh, and then that's up to the coaching staff. I used to do it all the time, especially in the G League. You play good shot, bad shot. You play the game uh, and you stop it at every shot and you ask the person that's shooting, is this a good shot or a bad shot? And uh, a lot of times the players don't know. You know, and players nowadays think every shot that goes in is a good shot and every shot that misses is a bad shot. That's not true. You miss good shots and you make some bad shots. That doesn't mean you should take more bad shots. You, you really need to focus on because bad shots turn into long rebounds, turn into fast breaks, turn on into buckets and fouls for the other team. And, you know, but now I'm seeing it even more in the NBA. I mean, guys are throwing up shots now that, you know, back when I played, you would never think about taking a shot like that yeah. unless the shot clock was getting winding down. And now, and that's a, that's a, uh, in relation to how a lot of these young players have grown up in AAU and now in college where you can take whatever shot you want, you know, and a coach won't get on you. Your teammates won't get on you. You know, it's, it's all okay. My bad, my bad, yeah. my bad yeah. is not, doesn't clear everything. I understand get on to the next play. I understand that, but my bad doesn't give you absolution of the mistake you just made. The ball you threw out of bounds, the bad shot you took, the uh, look off of a teammate that was open. My bad doesn't eliminate that. So yeah. you, you really, as a staff, I mean, if I was in Detroit, that's what I'd be focusing on right now. I'd be looking at game film and showing these guys, you know, the, you know, you missed that shot, but hey, it's an open 20 footer. That's in your range. Take it all the time. No problem. In or out. I don't care. 
And hey, you came down and you jacked up a three. It went in, but uh, you know that's not a good shot for us, especially right now. That's what I'd be focusing on. Yeah, and you know this is all Steph Curry's fault, Mo. <laughs> No, no, I mean, you know, three pointers and lookaways and, you know, uh, uh, you know, 40 footers, you know, a little bit, but it's on the coaches, AAU coaches who most, I'm sorry, most people, most people coaching in the AAU are not real coaches. They're just guys that are coaching. They're not teaching fundamentals. They're not teaching basic basketball IQ. They're not teaching that. And then that carries over into college. There's a lot of colleges that aren't teaching basics. That's why, you know, the last five MVPs of the NBA have been European players, not Americans. And, uh, you know, so Steph Curry had something to do with it. But coaches and the way basketball is taught here in America has a lot more to do with it. Yeah. Our, our good buddy Steve's checking in. Said he was early tonight. He's getting he's giving himself a fine for being early. And uh, yeah, Steve, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Y'all, we well, we actually gave it to you all those uh, uh, turnovers. That, yeah, that game surprised me. The, I mean, my Packers are struggling, and the Lions have been struggling the last few games. But I thought this would be one of those games. Okay, this will get us back on track. But man, I was your Lions were coming here to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Not anymore. I don't think. <laughs> Yeah, man, you can't turn the ball over. I mean, in in, yeah. in basketball and football, yeah. you can't give the other team the football. But, you know, one more quick thing about the uh, Pistons. I mean, they have given uh, Monty Williams so much money. I don't think he's worried about yeah. uh, getting fired, at least this year. So hopefully he will drill down on some of those things that you talked about. They really have nothing to do with shooting the ball and all that. It's the, the, just the fundamental concepts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You but you think at the NBA level, you wouldn't have to. Oh. Yeah. You, you'd be surprised. The play, Look how young they are, Ricky. They don't know how to play. And they weren't taught how to play in college, mostly. You know, mostly they were let. you know, they, they could do whatever they wanted or they just transferred in college, right? That's all you do now. You know, yeah. if I, you know, and then, you know, you look at someone like Jordan Poole, who's so happy he gets to play free in my game now, and I'm so happy. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm done with the Warriors, and, you know, I get to do what I want. Yeah, but your team sucks, and you don't win any games. So what's the point? You know, it's, you know, I'm, I, hey, listen, Coach Williams, give me a call. I can do a video session with your team on Zoom, uh, you know, so they can get mad at me. I don't care, you know, but they need to be – they need to be kept on point about that stuff. Okay, you know, I also did a thing, you know, when my team was struggling or whatever, or different parts in the season, every 20 games, I would have a, a team meeting and I would have a, a, a things on the board up there, uh, you know, keep doing, stop doing. Here's what we need to keep doing. <laughs> playing hard, uh, you know, playing as team. Uh, you know, not getting down on each other. Here's things we got to stop doing. Turning the ball over, taking bad shots, uh, you know, take uh, dribbling the ball too long, all those things. So do more of these, keep doing this, and stop doing this. 
And you think that's simple and that's easy, but it's not. And most teams don't put the team time in to do it. And I'm telling you, players at every level don't understand. If you're a coach at any level, you should expect that 80 to 70 to 80% of your players don't understand what you're talking about unless you explain it specifically, or they, they don't, you know, they, you know, unless you tell them, they won't get it. This is a bad shot. Stop taking these shots. You know, if you expect them to know it, you're in trouble. Is that one? Is that one of the big changes from the era you played in till to to, to today's game? The understanding yeah, of the game. Well, understanding of the game and coaches being allowed to coach you. You know, now you know coaching is called criticism now. You know, that's what they call it, criticism. Coaching's not crit. You know, here coaching is. Hey, Ricky. Uh, we need to we need you to stop taking those bad shots and take more of these good shots because you can make those. And here's how we're going to work on it. Criticism is, hey Ricky, your jump shot sucks. That's criticism, you know. But but now <laughs> all coaching is considered criticism, and uh, you know, and you and coaches are afraid, and and rightfully so, especially at the highest levels, to get on their players. In college, if you get on players and they don't like it, they transfer. In the NBA, yeah. if you get on players, especially superstars, they don't like yeah. it, you get fired. Yeah. Uh, back, yeah, back when is, I, yeah. But back when I played, that wasn't. You, you think Don Nelson and, uh, you know, all these other coaches, you know, didn't get on their players back then? Of course they did. They got on everybody. Um, but that's, you know, that's a big change now. And, uh, you know, I remember coaching in the – D-League, G-League for years and getting players from top-level colleges that didn't know how to use a left hand, didn't know how to pivot, didn't, you know, didn't know how to use footwork, you know? That's just, you know, that's part of the deal now, and you got to teach them. you got to show I'll tell you, I, I took a job up in Canada, in the Pro League in Canada years ago, and they were struggling, and it was halfway through the season, and I took over the team, and I had watched video, and I knew, and I got to know the players, in my first meeting, uh, I sat them in a room and I showed them some video. And I said, here's one of the main problems with this team and why you're losing. You have bad shooters shooting threes and you have good shooters not being able to get shots. There you go. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to put all the names of the players on here uh, that shoot below 33% from the three-point line. Here's all your names. You guys are not allowed to shoot more than three threes a game. Then we're going to put on the other side, we're going to put players that shoot 33% and above, and you're allowed to take five, eight threes a game, as many as you want. And that's, this is it. If you're on this list, you can't shoot more than three threes till you get on that list. And how do you get on that list? You don't shoot 10 threes in a game and go three for 10. That won't get you on that list, right? You shoot two for three, and now you'll be on that list before you know it. And, mm -hmm. and I held them accountable. We won the next five games in a row. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we, that's, that, that's simple adjustment. Mm -hmm. that, that, that makes sense. Hey, hey, speaking of uh, Don Nelson and your days uh, in Milwaukee, S Steve has a question. When you played the Brazil, Bradley Center, was it a slippery floor because of the Admirals hockey team under there? No. I mean, uh, sometimes it was cold if the ice was still down. Um, 
you know, but no, the, the problem with the Bradley Center was it was made for a hockey team. The, the owner of the Bucks back then wanted to have an NHL franchise in Milwaukee. So he built that arena for a, 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 a hockey team and they played minor league hockey in there. Never did get an NHL team, but the lighting was there for hockey. So it was really, uh, really off. If you, if you shot at certain parts of the corners in that gym in the Bradley Center, the lights would shine right into your face. You couldn't see. And we actually adjusted some of that lighting, but no, the floor wasn't slippery at all. I mean, you know, they, they, they take care of it. Um, you know, most of the time the ice was, was already melted, you know. Hey, hey, Mo, I, I want to go to, uh, and I, I couldn't download the video because of the profanity, but uh, Marcus Smart kind of went in on his teammates uh, the other night. Memphis is off to a terrible start. They're three and thirteen. Their best player has been suspended for twenty-five games, and uh, he—he's. Let's just say he says what they're showing out there is embarrassing. I mean, really embarrassing. I mean, really, really embarrassing. How embarrassing? No, I, I looked at him. It's almost just like. Damn, I'm coming from Boston, where we've been competing to cha for championships. To this, what did I, who did I make mad? Well, here's the problem: it, it wasn't lo it's losing, right? That gets you frustrated, but it's the way they're playing: lazy, sloppy, like they don't care. <coughs> you okay? <laughs> get out <Wait> of there. <laughs> so. You know, so that's, it's not, it's more the way they were playing. I mean, you know, and Marcus Smart is one of the hardest playing, smartest basketball players in the league. And he was with a winning team. But guess what, gentlemen? Even if we suck, even if we're losing, we can play hard. We can play as a team. We can play and not embarrass ourselves. Just if the Pistons are doing that, I haven't watched them, but that, but don't, you're embarrassing our, yourself. You're embarrassing the team by playing that way. I could, I know exactly. I don't have to, you know, I saw the clip. He's, he's yelling at him in a timeout and uh, they deserved it. Um, the only, the, one of the problems I had was I don't think he was in uniform. I don't think he was playing. And that, that takes a little, a little of your credibility out if you're not playing, you know, unless you're legitimately hurt, but you know, if you're resting, but, you know, that's what he was mad at. You don't, you don't embarrass, you don't embarrass yourself if you take a good shot and miss it. You don't <clears> embarrass <throat> your shot yourself if you play the right way and pass the ball. You don't embarrass yourself if you try to play defense even though you foul the guy. You don't embarrass yourself if you hustle up and down the floor. You don't embarrass yourself if you have bo positive body language and trying to play as hard as you can and the best you can. You don't embarrass yourself. But if you don't do those things, you embarrass yourself and the team and me because I'm part of this. So, you know, and, and you know, but come on, man. Thing is, though, he didn't have a choice. He didn't go there as a free agent. He got traded there. And he knew what he was getting into. They've been known like that for two years. Yeah. A lot of talk, no backup, talent, can't win and when it counts. And that's what they still are. And their best player is suspended for 25 games because of stupid stuff he did off the court. You know, so 
you know, that's a bad combination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and last year, even, you know, they had the second best record in the West last year. And uh, I think they won maybe 57 games. But you couldn't even take them seriously going into the playoffs because of the, you know, allegedly, you know, flashing, well, uh, uh, their best player flashed a gun on a couple of occasions, going places wanting to fight like they were some gang coming to town and not an NBA team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, and Dylan Brooks was one of the inst instigators on the court, you know, trying to pick flight fights with LeBron and all these guys. And now they got rid of him, but they didn't uh, address their core issue of, you know, a lot of those guys, if you look at Marcus Smart, a lot of those guys don't play hard, don't care, collecting a paycheck. And that's the worst way to go through a season. And uh, unless they address that quickly, you know, I mean, I don't like players demanding for a trade, but if I was Marcus Smart, I would. <laughs> yeah, you can you can see, Mo, you can tell, man, it is killing him <laughs> being around that. That's just not what he's uh, accustomed to. If you play hard for a long time, you've been one of the best defensive players in the league. You always play hard. You always sacrifice yourself. Uh, and now you're on this team, and they're doing the opposite, even though they're healthy, even though they're younger, even though they have talent. That's the frustration, and you're sitting there watching it. And right. I gotta imagine, I and probably hope that the fans are sitting there booing him. <laughs> yeah, well, he was saying one of the things he said. He said, "Man, these people pay good money to come see you play." Yeah, but I, and I don't even know what you know. But uh, you know, uh, uh, John Morant is out. He suspended himself pretty much. Uh, the big, the big guy from Australia. He's he's out for the season. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, from Oklahoma City. Yeah. The big center. Yeah, so I imagine, you know, a lot of the credibility is out, a lot of the accountability is out, and, you know, they're they're stuck with what they got, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. But, but the, the, <coughs> no, attitude, go ahead. the attitude, 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 be a professional. I mean, Steve you know, Adams, though, Mo. Steve Adams. Yeah, Steve Adams. But people, like kids or whatever, you know, I'll ask people, you know, what make what makes you a professional basketball player? And for ninety percent of the time, almost all the time, whoever answers that, whether it's in the G League or Canadian League or you know FIBA or high school or post grad, they'll say, "I make money playing basketball." I said, "That doesn't make you a professional." That makes you a bas that makes you a basketball player who gets paid. Being yeah. a professional is more than that. Being a professional, in my opinion, and if you ask some of my former player players, they'll still remember this. Being a professional is doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it yeah. all the time. That's a professional, no matter what you do. You're a teacher. You're a doctor. You're a dentist. Uh, you're a basketball player. Do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it all the time. So. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to, and one thing I know you're supposed to do is play hard all the time, right? No matter yeah. who you are, you should play hard all the time. Yeah. And and the what the definition of playing hard to you as an NBA player? Uh, I don't know how to define that. I mean, uh, running full speed, uh, uh, cutting full speed. Um, you know, I, 
I would take playing hard and playing aggressive as diving down the floor, um, you know, but playing, playing that full speed, not jogging up and down the floor. I mean, I've done drills like this too before within, in camps and clinics and stuff. I'm like, <clears throat> we're, one of our main things in, in our system is we got someone pushing the ball and we got our wings sprinting to the corners into the corner three and it opens up the floor. That's one of the stick. And then we got a rim runner, but we got guys running, running into the corners for threes as fast as you can. But then when you do a drill, most of the guys will, will run three quarters speed into the corners because they, they know where they're going and they just kind of run three quarters speed. And, and I'll go, uh, I'll go over there and I'll put a $20 bill down on the sideline. I'll say, run full speed into the corner. Bam, they're off. They're sprinting to the corner. I'm like, that's what you need to do all the time. That's playing hard. Sprinting to the corner all the time. Even though you know 80% of the time you're not going to get a shot. But you're going to open up the floor for the point guard or for your teammates, right? Driving. So you're doing something for someone else by sprinting to the corner. It's that simple. Mo, it is always such a joy talking hoops with you, man, because every week you 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 tell us stuff that we never even thought about. Uh, just <laughs> the final points of the game, man, uh, 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 for sure. And, and one of the things you always hear people say is what is playing hard. You always hear people say that. But tonight you told us what that is, and now that will help us look for that. Like, like cutting hard, right? So if I catch the ball and I swing the ball, and then I and then I cut to the rim, but I just kind of go three quarter speed, and I don't even look at the passer. I just go three, and I. That does nothing. It doesn't suck the defense in. It doesn't make your 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 defenders. But if I pass the ball and I cut to the basket hard and I look for the ball, all the defense sucks in. And if lets my teammates do stuff. And yeah. if you do it in today's game, you might get a lot of layups too doing that. But that's playing hard too. Am I gonna I know I'm not probably not gonna get the ball, so I'm just gonna go, I'll swing it, three quarter speed, and I'll come out. Coach told me to go out the other end of the corner. Okay, I'll do that at three quarter speed. Or I could do it full speed. That's the difference. What what <clears throat> speaking of effort, the other night, uh the uh, Milwaukee Bucks were down 26 points to the Portland Trailblazers in the third quarter and actually came back to win that that basketball game. Is that somebody, was it not effort to get down 26 points? Was it not effort to finish? I mean, man, how does that happen? Happens a lot, way more. I mean, Lakers are a pretty good team, right? Yeah. And Philly's yeah. a really good team. The Lakers lost to Philly tonight, 138 to 84. Dang. So yeah. it happens more than people think. But, you know, uh, you know, my question if I'm a Milwaukee Buck is, you know, how do we get down 26 points to an inferior team? I guarantee you didn't play as hard as you could. You didn't cut as hard as you could. <coughs> you didn't take the best shots. You didn't move the ball like you should. Because if we did, it wouldn't be that way. Now... We could have took good shots and missed shots, and they could make unbelievable shots, you know. And you know, so it could be a, you know, we could be down ten, 
you know, 15 maybe, but not 26, you know? And then if I'm the Portland Trailblazers, then I'm like, how can we get up 26 and then lose the game? It's because you didn't play the way you played to get up 26. You didn't go as hard and you probably got scared. And anytime a team starts playing not to win, not to lose, instead of to win, then you got a problem. And that's when runs start happening. Yeah. And, and especially in today's uh, uh, NBA. Uh, Steve was asking about uh, Giannis' free throw shooting. He hadn't called you yet? <laughs> no. But I don't know. What is it now? Uh, I'm going to look that up uh, right now. Because uh, I think, to my surprise, <coughs> And 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 most tonight, LeBron James became the yeah. the uh, player in the NBA to play the most minutes ever. Yeah. Well, well, let's go to Giannis is shooting seventy percent from the free throw line. Acceptable. Is that, is that that? Yeah, that's not bad for him. He's shooting seventy percent. So <laughs> so that's acceptable. I I think he could get better if he changed his routine. But anyway, but to have a. Uh, you know, there's, you know, LeBron is the leading scorer ever in the history. Uh, that's impressive. Uh, but what's more impressive to me is the minutes played because he's played those minutes as a high level, right? I mean, he's, I mean, pretty much from the minute he's been in the league when he was a teenager, he's played at the highest level. And to play that many minutes at the highest level that he's played and still playing at 38 years old um, is amazing yeah. to me. And you know what? I don't know, I would go back, but you don't see him like Anthony Davis or someone like that. You know, even Middleton now with Milwaukee, he hasn't been hurt all the time. He's played, he's played, he's, play, he's playing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, final from Detroit, Washington Wizards 126, Pistons 107, 14 games in a row. Well, the, uh, and you, uh, are they, they play in Washington? They 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 were playing in Detroit. Oh, they're playing in Detroit. Well, you just uh, you send them home. Say we'll talk tomorrow, and you break down the video. If I'm there, and I'm gonna play good shot, bad shot with them tomorrow, and then I'm gonna show them the silly turnovers, and then I'm gonna pick out some some of the good they did where they where they ran and moved the ball and got good shots. So I'm gonna show them the bad first, and then I'm going to show them good after that. And then if we can practice, I'm going down the court and let's be positive and let's move on to the next game. That's what you got to do. Well, you wow. got to show them. You have to show them. I mean, it sucks. Yeah. I've been there. I've been there as a player. I've been there. As, it sucks to sit in a video room for two and a half hours and, and, and look at stuff that you know Oh, shoot. I remember I did that. That was stupid. Oh, I remember <laughs> I did that. Coach, you're going to run that back, please. Mo, why were you doing this? Why, what were you thinking? What? You know? <laughs> and, yeah. you know? But it's part, you have to hold players accountable. You have to. Or you won't get any better. Hey, Mo, let's get into some, some of the teams. I, I think we have not talked enough about the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves start. They are currently sitting atop the West Division, 12-4 and four on the year, 8-2 uh, and two at home. Uh, 
<clears throat> One eight out of the last ten. Are, are you surprised by that start? Um, I would say I um it it, dep it was depending on me. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards, the way he played in the World Cup this summer, I, I could tell he was getting ready to become a superstar in this league. You know, and and probably taking the leadership role on that team away from Carl uh, 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 Anthony Towns, right? Mm -hmm. um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. uh, then the only other question mark was, you know, is Carl Anthony Towns going to stay healthy? Because remember, two years ago, we were talking about him as being MVP of the league. Remember that? A couple of years ago? And uh, they made the trade for Rudy Gobert, and how is he going to fit in? Uh, when he's not getting choked out, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know, so and we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. That too. yeah, and here's another. Here's a guy that people are talking about, um, uh, Mike Conley, a veteran point guard in the league. That's a very solid player. He can mm -hmm. score when needed, but he's a distributor and he knows the league and he's respected. Um, you know, he's he's kind of holding that team down. And, um, you know, I, mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of why they've been successful so early. Can, can they stay there? Yeah, I think, you know, it depends on health. Can Carl Anthony Towns stay healthy? Um, can Anthony Edwards stay at the level he's playing for an extended period of time? Because remember, he did play this summer. So that took about a month and a half of his off time off of him. So his body, you know, might be taking a, you know, taking a little hit right now. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their roster now. You got Edwards is averaging 26, Towns is averaging 22, uh, Gobert is 12, uh, Reed is 12, Conley is 10, uh, McDaniels is 9. Anderson is seven. You know, they got they got a solid team. Um, they don't have, well, you know, with Anthony Edwards and, and Towns, they have two superstars, right? If, if Towns stays healthy and decent role players. So, you know, I think the Phoenix Suns are coming up. They, they were really down, and now they're moving up in, the, in their winning some games. But, uh, you know, <coughs> Dallas, Dallas is not where they were, thought they were going to be. Uh, Lakers aren't where they thought they were going to be. Sacramento's about where they were. Uh, Denver, because Jamal Murray's been injured a lot, you know, they're struggling a little bit for them. Houston's been playing well. Um, Golden State's not playing well. So, yeah, I think Minnesota can stay right where they are uh, if they stay, stay healthy. And as surprising as Minnesota has been, I'm not too surprised with uh, Oklahoma City start, and it is—I mean, it is. We're talking about 16 games, but they are 11 and five. And uh, I, I, I want your thoughts on the development of Holmgren, and uh, I also have some video I want you to break down of uh, Wimbiana going at at uh, the Joker. <laughs> well, if you're talking about Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, they're a really young team. Um, and with uh, 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 Shea Gillius, they have one of the better young point guards in the league, and he's going to be a superstar. 
Um, you know, they got a lot of young players playing really well. Here's a concern, though, right? Uh, Josh Giddy just got into a little problem yeah. off the court, and that affects NBA teams more than you think, but especially young NBA teams it affects. And he's one of their stars, um, you know, so that's going to maybe affect a little bit uh, about, you know, where they go from here. But, uh, you know, they, they still – if I was them and they're, they are where they are now, I might look at trading some of my 5,000 first round picks I've accumulated <laughs> over the last five years and maybe get a good solid veteran uh, player to put in with them. And then I think they could do some damage in this, in the league. Yeah. Uh, and, and homegrown, uh, Mo? Well, you know, I, uh, I saw, I saw him and, uh, uh, I saw Wendy Alba play this summer in summer league. Um, you know, Holgram was was Wendy Alba before Wendy Alba, if we remember right. You know, he's right. just, you know, Gonzaga, 7'2", 7'3", could shoot the three uh, between the late dribbles, all that stuff. Um, but now he's got a year under his belt. Even though he wasn't playing, he was traveling with the team, lifting with the team, watching video with the team, getting coached by NBA coaches. So he has another year under his belt where, you know, he seems like a smart guy and he took that all in and now it's showing, um, you know, he, you know, he's, he's not, he's not the ultimate rim protector, but he's a good shot blocker. He can test and block shots at the rim. Uh, he, he can shoot the ball. He can pass the ball. He moves. Um, he's okay in pick and roll coverage. So, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's my pick for rookie of the year, even though it's second year, but he didn't play the first year over Wembyamba because of because of that, what I just talked about. Yeah. And and the heart of the trade hasn't really moved the needle in uh in LA with the Clippers. They're currently seven and eight on the on the year, and I don't think we're very surprised by that. Although that it should get better, uh, right, Mo? Not necessarily. I mean, did I mean Westbrook... they, they went 0 and 6 when he got there. They're not going. Yeah, yeah. So better is winning one game since he got there. But they were like top of the top of the West before he got there, right? So, you know, I don't. I just still don't think he fits. I mean, you you got uh, Paul, you got George, and you got uh, Kawhi, who are scoring superstars, and then you get put, and then you had Westbrook there that was actually becoming a distributor and playing really well. And now you're throwing Harden in the, in the, uh, uh, in the mix who obviously dribble over dribbles and shoots a lot. And, you know, I, I, you know, in my opinion, Harden doesn't fit with the Clippers, just like Westbrook didn't fit with the Lakers in my opinion. Hey, hey, uh, uh, Steve has a good question. What position does Oklahoma city go at? Because they got the draft capital to do Darn it, anything they want if they can find some suitors. I would look at either a, a, a power forward or a, what, a 3 and D wing. Uh, you know, um, I don't think he's available and he's not playing very well, but how about an Andrew Wiggins type? Uh, someone like that that could come in and, you know, he's been around, he's been a world champion, uh, you know, NBA champion, so he could really add to that. Someone like that maybe? Uh, would be a guy I would be looking at. I, obviously, Holgram is 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 your center, uh, but maybe another big that can help him out. Uh, you know, 
that kind of one of those type of players would help, I think, a lot. Yeah, hey, we, we mentioned uh, Draymond Green uh, earlier and his situation with uh, Rudy Gobert. And uh, <clears throat> he's back with the team now. And Golden State, they have they have been struggling, uh, Mo. Um, your, your thoughts on this whole thing with uh, Draymond and, first of all, the chokehold and, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the Warriors' chances. It, it, to me, they look like a team that knows, you know what, our run might be over and just nobody wants to go out like that. Well, I mean, if, if you look at this footage, right, that happened in the first minute of the game. So obviously it had nothing to do with that game. It had to do with their history of what happened in the past. Um, you know, and uh, I'm talking about Clay and the other kid from Minnesota. So yeah. it happened – you know, it didn't something in the past, something that was said. Who knows? Nowadays, Ricky, it might have been some tweet or some Twitter or some TikTok or some stupid like that. But they, you know, they were having it at it right there in the first minute. TikTok. TikTok, whatever the hell. And uh, you know, so they were going at it right from the first minute of the game. So, you know, this right here is a little like history or whatever. But now when Draymond comes in. Now, he did the right thing by grabbing not his own teammate, but the other player, because that's what you're supposed to do in that situation. You don't grab your own player because you can put him in a vulnerable situation. And uh, he jumped in. Don't blame him for that. However, he took it to the next level when he got uh, Gobert, uh, who he doesn't like anyway, uh, into a chokehold. And, uh, you know, First of all, NBA players don't are not good fighters. Number one, number and and number two, if you punch someone in a game, it's very dangerous. But three, if you put someone in a chokehold that you don't know what the hell you're doing, you could kill somebody in a chokehold. That's that's why you know police officers in most places can't use it anymore. Uh, you know to detain anybody. Uh, that's why it's the last resort is because if you do the chokehold, and he did it kind of correctly because he used his other arm and got it got it wrapped around his neck and used it as leverage. That's a, that's a legitimate chokehold that can knock someone out or actually kill them if you do it the wrong way. So to that, in my opinion, is stepping over the grounds and, and putting not someone's career at risk, but their life at risk. And uh, I think he got off easy with five games and 800,000, whatever he was fine. And, uh, you know, the worst part is he, he never apologized. And he says, I'm going to still be Draymond. And, you, you know, Draymond's going to be Draymond, which is fine. You're an instigator. You stepped on Sabonis' chest when he was laying on the ground. That's a cheap shot. You know, you did some other stuff. You used to kick people in the hoo-hahs all the time. And now you're putting somebody in the chokehold. Obviously, something, you know, needs – if something like this happens in the future in this season, I mean, he should be sent, suspended for the rest of the season for whatever. But uh, no, that's dangerous to me. I, my two sons are in law enforcement, and having a chokehold on somebody can knock them out and or kill them. And that's very, very dangerous, even more than a punch. Um, as far as the Warriors are concerned – 
They didn't address what I wanted to them address in the offseason by getting an actual big. The guy 6'10", 6'11", 250, 260. They didn't do that. And now, you know, Clay has been up and down. Curry's still playing Curry. Draymond has been suspended. Uh, Looney is expected to play center at 6'8", 6'9". But the main thing with the Warriors now is Andrew Wiggins has disappeared. He's averaging 10 points a game when he should be averaging 20. Uh, uh, so, you know, they're going to have a tough season. And, you know, I I, would, I had hope for them in, in, coming into this season. And they picked up Chris Paul. I like that addition. They didn't pick up a big. Uh, Wiggins is playing bad. And uh, it's going to be a long season for Golden State, I think. At least <laughs> – Chris, stop it, Chris, stop it. <laughs> what did he say? Kick, what? He said they kick him in the hoo-haws again. He's, he's, yeah. he's, remember, he did that like three or four times. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, thank you, Chris. I'm working on this thing, man. Appreciate you, brother. Don't don't encourage him, Chris. Come on, man. I'm, wor- I'm, I'm working on this thing uh, uh, <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah, Mo, I, I, I tell you, man, let <clears throat> Let's go east and and, and make our uh, check-in in the east. And Marcus Smart, old team. Boston, just a steady uh, uh, SKB at 13-4. and four. And I know he looks over there like, man, I'm in Memphis. But the Orlando Magic have really played well, Mark. They've got a lot of young talent. They've won seven straight games, and they're currently sitting at 12-5. and five tied with Milwaukee and uh for the second best record. Uh Philly's eleven and five, so they just played one less game. Uh, uh, they're, 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 they're playing well now, but I still it, they're clearly improved, but I don't think they can stay in that threshold throughout the year. No, they don't they don't have like I think like with this one tonight, Philly's twelve and four. Um so Philly with Maxi stepping up, that's one thing I didn't like about Harden being in Philly. One of the many things is he took the uh, the ball out of Maxi's hands, and now Maxi is turning into an All Star, like he like he can play, and uh, uh, you know so. And other guys are stepping up now, so Philly's playing well. Boston's playing well. Milwaukee's playing okay, uh, but Middleton is a concern. He's hurt again, uh, and he's out. You know, so Milwaukee might. You know, they got Lillard, and he helps, but they lost defense. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league now. So uh, Milwaukee might have to make a move and because Middleton's not performing. And, you know, I don't know if they go to the Bulls and try to get one of those players uh, to get them up with Boston. But now I think Boston and Philly are now at the top, and I think Milwaukee's looking at third spot with Miami and Indy and those guys and Orlando in those other spots. Um, well, you know, well, you know, Zach Levine is look available. The uh, high-scoring guard for the Bulls can be yeah. half at the price. Well, if, yeah, shoot. I would trade Middleton for Zach Levine right now, but I don't think the Bulls are going to take that. They can, get a, they can get something for him. But the other kid that played for the Lakers the uh, and now is playing with the Bulls, the headband dude. Uh, Caruso. Caruso might be available. And that's a guy that could maybe fit in with the with the Bucks. He's a defensive guy. He fits in with any team. And you you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Do you trade Middleton for Crusoe and some draft picks? Maybe, who knows? But uh, you know, I think the 
You know, the East is still what the East is. It's it's Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee. Uh, and Miami, you know, you could just never count them out because they always hang around, and we know the run they made last year. <clears throat> yeah, um, I was just reading, Chris was telling us about a big seven-foot ten high school player just dunking on everybody. I, I'm going to have to check that out, Chris. Maybe we can get some uh, clips of him uh, on yeah, the air. He'll never play in the NBA, Chris. Uh, uh, next next week. Yeah, uh, he's too <clears throat> slow. Uh, my, a, by the way, there's been a lot of those guys. I, I forgot there was a seven, six or seven guy that played for a small college and played good against a Division One team. And, you know, there's all that's always around those guys, but they can't yeah, play at the high speed of, of uh, NBA. Remember Taco Fall? Played now, Taco, yeah, Taco Fall could play though, but he, yeah, again, he was too slow. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going. That's that was my point. I mean, he actually moved okay, but. He, he has never been able to be much more than just, you know, just make a roster. Uh, now, a guy like Taco, and I'm going to check, he may be overseas right now. Wouldn't that be a good place for him, Mo? Yeah, he should be in China making a million dollars a year. Yeah. They play, they play once a week. They slow, it's a slower game. A lot of NBA guys like that go to China to make their money one, two, three million a year. Uh, I'm 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 looking for him right now. Taco Fall. Taco yeah. Fall was playing with Milwaukee in the summer league. I saw him play this summer. Yeah, and uh, I think he's actually he must be doing some. Uh, he must have a two way contract with the uh, with the uh, uh, Cavaliers. Cavaliers. Uh, Yeah. Hey, let's talk important stuff. Let's talk the in-season tournament here in Vegas. Yes. Yes. Indiana Pacers finished that whole thing unbeaten. Man, they could score a lot of points. Yeah, so um, it's starting to, to really level out now. There's four games. There's six pool play. you got to finish first in the pool play to move on to the Elite Eight, I would say. And then the, the four winners come to Vegas for the final four. Um, so, uh, you know, and there's two wild cards. So you're looking at Indiana, like you said, is 4-0. They're moving on. Um, Lakers are actually 4-0 in uh, West Group A. So they're moving on to the lead eight. Uh, uh, Milwaukee is 3-0. And the only person in their uh, group that's close is Miami and New York. They're 2-1. So they could tie Milwaukee, but actually then it comes down to point differential. And that means how many points, total points you won those games by. And Milwaukee has won three games by a total of 39 points. They had a blowout. And New York is at plus 18. So I think Milwaukee comes, no matter what, Milwaukee comes out of Group B in the East. Uh, Group C in the East is actually Orlando. And I think they come out of that. Boston is only two and one. Uh, here's a weird, here weird thing: point differential. Orlando in four games are three and one, and they're plus twenty-two points. So that means they they score twenty-two more than their opponents. Boston is two and one, but they're zero. 
Wow. So their games have been really close. So they're zero. So actually, I can see Orlando coming out of there. So you're looking at Indiana, Milwaukee, Orlando, uh, Lakers in the West. Sacramento is 3-0, and Minnesota is 2-1. and It's going to come down to a game there. Uh, and then New Orleans is actually 3-1, and and Houston's 2-1 and in the Group B, where Denver and Dallas are pretty much out of it. So, you know, you're looking at Lakers, New Orleans, Sacramento, Orlando, Milwaukee, Indiana, probably Boston, and one other wildcard team could be the Suns. And that would be your Elite Eight, and then they would play – uh, in the lead eight, and then the final four would be here in Las Vegas in a few weeks, which uh, I think I'm getting media credentials for, so I'll go watch those games. It'll be fun. Oh, fantastic, Mo. Mo, it just seems like the uh, Pelicans just keep treading water. I think they're nine and eight now. It might be eight and nine. I mean, they're always kind of right at, you know, 500. Just yeah. can't but get out of their own way, it seems. But if you look at the West, right, the Suns are, uh, they moved up. They were seven and six. Now they're 11 and six. Houston, six, you know, is 500. The Lakers are, are almost 500. Uh, you know, Golden State is below 500. The Clippers are way below 500. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you're looking at, at a 500 team in the West, uh, like New Orleans, maybe be in the sixth seed in the playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're actually they're actually nine and eight, but Mo, their point differential is zero. <laughs> a lot of close games. <laughs> zero is the uh, is the point differential. Hey, I before we get out of here, uh, the other night, uh, Wimby matched up with Joker, and Joker right now. The Joker is the measuring stick for big men in the NBA. All due respect to uh, Joel Embiid, who's a heck of a player himself. Uh, and Joker said some nice things about him, that uh, he's going to be a really good player. He's going to change the game. What's your, your thoughts on what you see with uh, Wemby? You kind of told us it's going to be up and down. And that's what it's been for him. But, Mo, that was just a 30-foot three-pointer he shot. I mean, look, his shot is nice. He's got great form. He's got range on it. Um, it's hard to block, right? And, uh, you know, you, you see a 7-4 guy getting ready, or 7-5 getting ready, makes a steal. He's going to dribble down and start to do a Euro before he gets fouled. Um, you know, this is where he's most efficient. See, he's out on the floor, posting up at the elbow, not on the block. Uh, made a great pass. Um, you know, he's going to learn. And, one thing that I noticed about Wimbiamba is he competes and he wants to win and he works at it. So those are things that are going to make him the great player that he can become. He's got to stay away from injuries, um, you know, but uh, he has all the tools, you know. See, like right there, uh, oh, that wasn't him, but uh, the Joker abused someone and went right into their body and they backed up. And that's what they'll do to Wimbiamba. Um, you know, if he doesn't get a little bit stronger, which he will in time. He's only 19 years old, I think. So, uh, you know, he's got a nice game. He finishes around the rim. He's got decent hands. You know what's funny? I was watching ESPN or NBA Today or something today, and I can't remember what team they were playing, but uh, one of the guards on the other team was the captain. So he went out, and uh, Wimbiama was the captain. So shook Wimbiama's hand when the refs were introducing him, 
And then he was coming back to the huddle and he was saying his hand reached like all the way here on my arm. His fingers were on my arm. <laughs> so he's got really, really big hands too, which helps. Hey, <clears throat> watching some of these highlights, man, the Joker's not jumping over anybody out there, Mo. No, I mean you you don't have to you don't have to jump high to be a great player. I mean, you know, I mean most, Moses Malone, uh, you know, Bill Lambeer led the league in rebounds yeah. years. He couldn't jump, uh, you know. So you just got to know what you do. And the Joker, look at he he just does what he's supposed to do. He's an underrated defensive player, so you just got to steal right that, there, right? yeah. And then because he's got good hands, and then he can bring the ball, look down the floor, make a pass, make the right pass. You know, he's he's going to be there for the rebound. You know, he just does everything. And you know what though, uh, the Joker has really long arms if you look, and that's how tall you are. So he's probably six yeah. eleven, but his arms make him probably seven four, seven five. Because uh, Kevin McHale was 6'11", but his arm span made him 7'3". Because that's how tall you play, is how high you can reach. Not how tall you're... You don't play with your head. It's not how tall your head is. That's how tall... Your, your, your height is better where your head is. That's not how basketball's played. It's how high I can reach. Right. Another great point. But, Mo, you know what? He didn't... He did not get... He worked his way to where he is today. Who, Wembyama? No, um, uh, the Joker. Yeah, because if you remember a couple of years ago, the Joker was kind of out of shape, and yeah. he knew it. And you can see some footage of a couple summers ago of him running, running steps and running hills in Denver, rather than going home. And he worked himself yeah. into shape. He plays unless he's in foul trouble. He's going to play forty minutes in the game, right? Shoots yeah. that little hook shot. Doesn't have to jump to do that. I wish Wembyama would get a hook shot. And a sky hook would be awesome. Then he could actually post up lower in the post in the block. Yeah, uh, the 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 Blazers who blew a twenty six point lead the other night beat a hot playing uh, Indiana Pacers team tonight. So you just you better come play every night in the association. That's, I mean, that's yeah. all it is to it, man. Yeah, that's why when you're when you're when you're beat up as a team. And you're probably under talented anyway, like the Pistons. It's yeah. gonna, you know, you don't. And nobody feels sorry for you. No. Nobody takes any. If they can beat you by fifty, they will. And uh, you know that's just the way it is. And you got to get on an airplane. You got to fly to the next city. And you got to face it again. And it's a grind. And uh, you know that's why it's important for a coaching staff, like I said, to make sure you're moving in the right direction. You know what? We took, uh, like, I would break it down, good shot, bad shot. So, you know, if we, if there's a hundred, say there's a hundred shots in a game, there's usually more. Say there's a hundred shots and we take, you know, 65 to 70 good shots, we're going to, we're going to be a 500 team. But if we could change that to 80% good shots and only 20% bad shots, we're going to win a lot of games, guys. So that's what our goal is now. That's what we have to do to win games. We have to take way more good shots than we do bad shots. That's just part of it. Hey, hey Mo, before we get out of here, just news from the NFL, the uh, Panthers, they're one in 10. They fired veteran coach Frank, coach Frank Wright, who is known throughout the league as a quality uh, NFL coach. But he's just, hey, 
You're, you're one in ten, brother. You get fired. It's uh, you know, and uh, you know he's probably gonna get paid for the next two years as a head coach, and uh, probably get on someone else's staff, or you know. So he's okay. Here's the like at the end of the year, all those assistant coaches will be fired. Yeah, and two went with him: uh, Deuce Staley and, and Josh McCown. But and I, I just mentioned that because you talk about it before. It's not that the guy's not a good coach. It's just this is the business that he chose. And and you know, like I said, don't be feel sorry for him. The other assistants, scouts, equipment guys, trainers—they're all probably going to be looking for a job at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. We we appreciate you guys, man, uh, and and all our viewers. You know, everybody doesn't uh, uh, comment like some of our regulars, like uh, Chris and Steve and some of the other guys. But everybody out there watching and, and listening to the podcast, we 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 appreciate you. And, Mo, we appreciate you, man, for sharing your knowledge about this great game and the business of professional sports. And being a professional athlete, speaking of, uh, the, the Raiders just had a guy – just called up to the practice squad to get a DUI and speeding after the whole thing with uh, Henry Ruggs. I mean, that would be the last thing. You know, he was on the practice squad. There are some injuries. He was elevated off the practice squad and went out and that day went out, drank, drove speeding on the way to the team hotel to have curfew. I mean the night no. before the night before the game. What are you doing? Come on, gentlemen, don't do that. I mean, if you could have someone drive you, don't do it first. You know, play the game. Yeah. Play the game. And then celebrate you got your call up. You're probably making a lot more money then for this week. And then if you want to party, go out and have someone else drive, call a limo. The NFL yeah. has a has a number you can call and have someone pick you up. And the Raiders have some a number you can call. Discreet number, no one knows about it, and they send a car for you. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. What is sad. Oh, yeah. And and I, I assure you they're going to release him because the Raiders can't afford after what happened with Ruggs. To keep a guy like that on this on the rust, and he'll have, you know, being a practice player is a long shot to get on the squad anyway. Now his shot is even longer than that. Now I don't know if any team will hire him now. Yeah, absolutely. So I, that's, I, why, that's why I talk uh, decisions, choices, and consequences. There you go. Well, Mo, I I hate actually that we ended the show on that, but I think it's an important teaching uh, lesson to all the young athletes out there, just people uh, in general. Be smart and take care of yourself. But we'll be back uh, next Monday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you can get this show and all our past shows on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. For the big fella, Paul McKeskey, I'm Ricky Hamilton. Peace, everybody. Thanks, Rick. Love Love you, you, Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.